people want to know that there's an opportunity for progress. One of the things we're seeing right now, we're seeing even mega companies like McDonald's that are starting to say, hey, we'll pay for your education if you come flip burgers here. Now, I know in the small business example, you can't do that. But what I am saying is McDonald's is starting to figure it out. They're using it as a carrot to hire people who don't want to come in there and work that job. But if you get the right person who's hungry and goes, wait a second, I'll go in there and flip burgers and mop the floors for the opportunity to further my life. Now, that's a ladder. So you and your own business have to say, okay, what can I do beyond the job that keeps people and those people are going to recruit other people like them? And I'm going to build myself an incredible team. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our business, grow our leadership and develop our teams in a way that allows us to get our products and services out of the world, yet still remain profitable? That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner, and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Hey, before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. Welcome to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My name is Bradley Hamner. We have a special guest on today's episode. We have Ken Coleman. Ken is America's career coach. He's the number one best-selling author of The Proximity Principle and the host of the nationally syndicated radio show, The Ken Coleman Show. You know, every weekday, he helps callers discover what they do best, that they can do work that they love, produce the results that matter most to them. And so whether you're looking for, if you know somebody in your life that's looking to make a complete career change, or you're just unsure about what steps to take, or maybe even with some of your team members, Ken is going to help you to be able to get unstuck and on the path to doing meaningful work. His new book, From Paycheck to Purpose, has just released as we release this episode. So make sure that you go to kencoleman.com to check out his new book, From Paycheck to Purpose. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Ken Coleman. Wouldn't it be a great start to 2021 by having more leads in your book of business? Well, that's where our partners at Direct Clicks Inc. come in. Their team's dialed-in approach to running Google ads and online SEO campaigns maximize the quality and the volume of your leads, whether that's for inbound phone calls or even exclusive leads through your website. Direct Clicks Inc. works only with PNC insurance agency owners, so they have thousands of hours creating, A-B split testing, and improving online campaigns specifically for insurance. They also understand why each and every marketing dollar matters in providing true results, low paper clicks, transparency, and attention to detail, all of which is discussed in depth during your monthly review calls. Reach out to the Direct Clicks team at directclicksinc.com. That's directclicksinc.com and find out how they can make a difference in your approach to generating new business. Are you ready to get out of the daily rut and begin working at your highest level? Coach P Consulting will help you do just that. Using the same strategies he did to sell over 500 life insurance policies in 2020 and on track for over 600 life insurance policies in 2021. No, this is not your regular one and done type coaching. You'll get personalized coaching two days a week, every week of the month, and you'll get a live look at the behind the scenes team training and an office performing at the highest level. Coach P currently has a 100% retention rate for everyone who joins, 
And hey, those numbers speak for themselves. Coach P will train your team alongside his own to show you the exact steps they are taking to achieve chairman circle and two agencies, exotic travel, and multi-line presence club. So whether your goal is to be the top of your local market or amongst the best in the country, this training will give you the strategies and tactics to get you there. For just $250 a month, you'll get high-level coaching each week from someone who is already getting it done at that level. His strategies work, and it's time to put them to work for you. Sign up at coachpconsulting.com and get 50% off your first month of coaching when you mention the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Again, that's coachpconsulting.com. Ken Coleman, welcome to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Well, it's good to be with you. It's always fun to have a conversation with somebody who loves encouraging and equipping people. So we're going to have some fun today. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on your new book, From Paycheck to Purpose. And so why don't you just share with us a little bit about the origination of this book and what inspired you to write it? Because obviously the timeliness of your book, given what 2021 has brought to all of us from a working perspective and those people that are trying to grow in the career, I think could not have been more timely than it is today. Yeah. Well, if you look at the title, those four words really capture the two emotions around work. Paycheck, so from paycheck to purpose. So paycheck speaks to the provision, right? Everybody knows that they've got to provide for themselves or for others. And then if you look at purpose, everybody wants to make a difference in this world. Everybody wants to contribute. So if you look at the core emotions around work, it really is paycheck, which is provision, and purpose, which is contribution. And so if you look at that, there's this great divide in our society where there are a few fortunate souls is the way that we look at them who figured out what it is they were created to do and they've got the dream job and we look at them and we say, oh, they were born for this. And then there's the rest of us. And the idea here is that the rest of us, well, we're just trying to get the best job, the safest job possible. And boy, I wish I could have a dream job, but that's for those folks over there. And it, to me, a job is just, I got to have good benefits, good pay, so I can take care of my family, maybe save a little bit, and maybe make some memories. So work for most people is a utilitarian function. I work to live, all right? But I believe that that group that I talked about isn't just a small percentage of fortunate, lucky people. I really believe there was intentionality in that journey. And I want to bring that to everybody. First, by framing work as not something we do to live, but something we live to do. Now, that's a little shocking and jarring for some people right now. You're going, wait a second, Ken. You're telling me I'm supposed to live to work? Well, if I change the word work out for just a moment and I slide in contribute, created to work becomes created to contribute. (laughs) And so I can make the income that I need and the impact that I want. And so that's why I wrote the book, just from a very high level, is I want people to see that you can have income and impact in the same job, career path, and that it is about purpose. It's not about you. It's not about a paycheck. It's about purpose, making a difference, that unique difference, that unique contribution that you were created to make. And when we begin to see work that way, it changes our whole perspective. You know, I've heard recently when you talk about contribute and contribution. I heard someone say, my life went from growth, from me growing to a life of contribution, from growth Mm -hmm. to contribution. That's what made me just think of that. Mm -hmm. And when someone hears purpose, they can begin to think, 
yes, I want to have a purpose in my life. I want to be able to feel like I am making an impact in other people's lives, but they don't necessarily know exactly how to go about doing that. And so you say that it really all starts with clarity, but how do we begin to actually get clear on how we're going to make a, a contribution or impact on the world? Yeah. So what you just uh, identified is the first of the seven stages that I unpack in the book from paycheck to purpose. There are seven stages. Think of them as a climb up the mountain to your professional pinnacle. And so you just highlighted stage one, which is get clear. So how do we get clear? So what we do is we get introspective and we look inward. We look to ourselves, not to everybody else. There's three indicators that I write about in the book. The first two chapters really unpacks this get clear stage. There's three indicators. Think of it almost as your personal dashboard. When I'm driving a car, I see my gas, I see my oil, I see my temperature. You know, you've got gauges across the dashboard. And so think of these three indicators as your personal dashboard. The first is talent, what you do best. The second is passion, work you love to do. The third indicator is mission, results that you want to produce, okay? Now I'm gonna break those down that I've kind of given you the three indicators, now let's break them down. So when we look at talent, it's really obvious. And this is where most people can begin to get some clarity quicker. And as a result, some momentum, that's why I lead with it. So we're looking at hard skills and soft skills, all right? So everybody can kind of get around that. Traditionally, the way we use the term soft skills are people skills. So you look at, I've got some technical skills. Maybe I'm really good at, with my hands and building or fixing things, but I'm also really empathetic and I connect well with others. So one is a hard skill, the other is a soft skill. So what do you do best? See, we were given talent when we were born and you think of it as a ball of clay. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to watch a potter do their work. It's really fascinating. For you old people out there, middle-aged people, you remember the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze, right? He made kind of that whole pottery thing famous. But the idea is we take a lump of clay and the potter puts it on the wheel and through water and the pressure of the potter's hands and the motion of the wheel, they begin to shape that lump of clay into something very specific. So we take talent and we can shape it into a skill. All right. So those hard skills and soft skills, they are within you. They just need to be molded like the clay. All right. Now let's move to passion, work I love. Now, passion. The reason I call it passion is because you probably know this, Bradley, but if you study the word passion and it's been kind of morphed into this emotional word, right? And a lot of times it's got a romantic mm-hmm. connotation to it. But if you look at the root word, the Germans have a word for it. The Greeks do as well. It basically means to suffer. Will you suffer to be able to do this thing? Okay. So it's a really cool application. That's why I call work you love passion. So for instance, you do this work, whether there's a paycheck involved or not. It's why they're great. They get money and acclaim, notoriety because of the result. But the reality is they love the work itself. All right. So a master Mm -hmm. craftsman just loves the craft. So passion is work I love. Then all work creates a result. So that brings in mission, results I want to create. So all work creates a result. So what do you want to produce in the world with your work? Okay. So we unpack in the book, the missional results. Okay. And so there are basically six 
intrinsic motivators that we're all driven by. Mm. And so I'm not going to go through all those right now, but one of them is efficiency. So mm. if you're thinking right now, all right, I really love doing work that drives efficiency. I'm a happy camper if I see that my work and my time is driving excellence and efficiency. Another one is service. So these would be the caretakers, maybe a nurse, for example. So that's the idea of results. All work creates results. If I'm going to be a nurse, why do I want to be a nurse? Because I love serving. Mm -hmm. So quick review, talent. Think of talent as the tools, premium tools. That's all they are. Passion is the actual work that you love, that you look forward to writing or speaking, or you look forward to analyzing data. You look forward to creating art or music, whatever it is. You just love the work of songwriting, but what's the why? Right. So that's where mission comes in. The results that matter to you. So here's how your purpose statement lines up. All three of those indicators need to be in alignment, Bradley. So you use what you do best, talent, to do work you love, passion, to produce results that matter deeply to you. And when all three of those are in alignment, it's like an arrow pointing into the world at work. And there are multiple jobs, career paths, even multiple dream jobs. So I call that that sweet spot where you hit the ball perfectly in the sweet spot of the bat and you have maximum, maximum performance. And so that's when people look at you and go, you were born for this. You've heard that before. You said it about people. Talent, passion, mission must be in alignment. So when we go through that process and we've got a great assessment that people can get, they can get it bundled with the book or they can actually go to KenColeman.com and buy the assessment. It's an unbelievable assessment that's going to walk you through and give you your top three talents, top three passions, and your primary mission that will walk you through digitally and give you a printed out purpose statement and then show you all the professional possibilities. So I do want to mention that because what I just described, we have a digital experience for you that'll blow your mind. It's reading people's mail and they're like, what? But that's the get clear process right there. So now all of a sudden we're like, okay, I see all the different things I can do. And see, here's the back end of this. This is where clarity gives us confidence yeah. to step out. And then you're ready for this. This is the best part. Confidence, because of the clarity, will turn into courage when we need it most. Mm. In the middle of that journey, when we're getting delayed, we're getting rejected, or something happens, and it feels like, oh, I want to quit. Courage arises because of clarity and because of confidence. Well, it's so easy to have courage when everything is going the way that you want it to. But whenever things are, you know, the, you feel like the wind is in your face and not at your back, it's a lot harder to have the courage. I was thinking about there's times that in my own life and then I was thinking about just people close to me where they had the talent. They had the, both the hard skills and the soft skills and the work that they were doing were getting the results that mattered to them. But they lacked the passion part. Right. They said, yeah, I'm really good at this, but that's not really what I enjoy. And over time, if they don't have the alignment of all three of those, you know, they're just going to get burnt out. Yeah, that's exactly right. And what happens is I'm glad you brought up burnout. Really quick little thing here. Burnout is just a symptom. It's not a source. Mm. So there's been lots in the media saying that burnout's a medical condition and it's actually not. The World Health Organization said it's not a medical condition. It's just not. It's a symptom. So the example would be if I wake up this morning or I woke up and I've got a sore knee, I'm going to go into the doctor and I'm going to have the doctor look at my knee, but I'm not going to say, hey, doc, I got sore knee. I'm not going to say yeah. that. Nobody says I've got sore knee. My knee is sore, 
but I want to find out, is it my meniscus? Is it cartilage or whatever it is? Okay. So the idea here is, is that burnout is a symptom. It's not the source. And the reality is, is you're exactly right that when we lose clarity or we never get clear, then our work eventually turns into just a J-O-B. And we start walking around like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh and we yeah. feel burned out when in all reality, you're not burned out. You have got buildup on your heart and largely you're probably not in a place of doing work that you really love. You don't have any passion for the job, no juice, as I like to say. So when we can figure out the source of the burnout, then we can fix it. Do people recognize your agency brand? More importantly, do people care about your brand? At Relevant Marketing Solutions, we partner with you to clarify your message and deliver it through multiple marketing channels, creating a brand that inspires. With over 10 years experience working with insurance agencies, our team can help your agency not only get noticed, but start cultivating brand champions. From creating a logo to putting it on a coffee mug, we are your one-stop shop for all things marketing. We can even produce a video of you drinking out of your cool new mug. Visit us at relevantadvantage.com to learn more. And if you're a state farm agent, you can also find us at sfagentpromos.com and be sure to enter Club Capital at checkout for a special discount. That's Club Capital, lowercase and no spaces at checkout for a special discount. Relevant Marketing Solutions, helping you cultivate brand champions. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue and increase your bottom line? Club Capital is here to help. Built for agents by agents, so we know your struggles. With accounting, payroll, and HR solutions, tax services, analytics, and more, let's get you on the path to serious success. Using data-driven insights, you'll grow your business based on revenue and expense comparisons alongside your top-performing peers. With over $100 million in tracked annual revenue and $70 million in tracked annual expenses, we have the data to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. Let's make your back office less of a hassle and more of the strategic generator that powers the growth to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. Visit club.capital today to book your complimentary, no obligation demo. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. So my very first job, my mom's brother years ago was a pharmaceutical rep. So when I graduated from college, take people back for a second. I saw that he had a good job. He had a company car. He got to do fun things. It seemed like it was a great job. And so I wanted to pursue that. So come out of college and interview with three pharmaceutical companies. And they said I got down to the last interview between myself and someone else. And all three times I lost out because they said, you know what? You just don't have any sales experience. Bradley, we like you, but you don't have any sales experience. You need to go get some sales experience. And so then I was like, well, how am I going to get sales experience if I don't get an opportunity to get sales experience. And so my question is really around, you know, one of the biggest hurdles is just getting qualified for the job that you want. I mean, it can really feel overwhelming at times for different people. So what would you recommend for someone for them to be able to go through and really begin to create a plan so that they actually can get qualified? Yeah. So there are four questions that I reveal in the book in the get qualified stage, which is stage two. So once I'm clear stage one, now I'm going to get qualified to do the thing that I'm clear that I am born to do. So there's four questions that when you answer these questions, Bradley, the plan begins to develop itself. So here they are. I'm going to walk through them. The first one is the education question. In other words, what do I need to learn to do what I want to do? What do I need to learn? That's the education question. Now, let's unpack that really quickly. 
I get calls every day and I'll never stop answering this question, unfortunately. But the reality is that so many people feel like they have to get a college degree, even just to switch careers before they even really know what they want to do. Oh, I got to go get a degree. It's going to equip me. Wait a second. That's possibly the wrong direction to go. It may not be true. So when I say education, I mean, what do I need to learn? And I mean that simply. So it could be a certification, simply a certification online, certification in person, could be maybe taking a couple of community college classes or maybe just an associate's degree. It does not necessarily mean a four-year degree or a grad school degree. So when I say, what do I need to learn? I want to look, because I'm clear now, I'm looking to the field and I'm going, what is the ticket? What's the price of admission? here? And so there's two hmm. questions to ask in this education question. What do I need to learn? So I'll give you two more questions within the question. All right. Is a degree the only way to get where I want to go? Is a degree the best way to get where I want to go? And that just helps you not get tempted, not get pulled into this idea that a degree is going to make me much more valuable. That's not necessarily true, certainly in today's economy. And that's only going to continue. The degrees are continuing to be less and less irrelevant. So what do I need to learn? Let's just be super practical. This is the education, the learnings that I need to do what I want to do. The second question is, the experience question, you just touched on this. What do I need to do? What experience do I need to get where I want to go? Okay, so let's break it down with you. You wanted to get into sales, and, and so you needed some experience. And I get this call on the show. Ken, they said I needed experience, but I don't have any experience. So how am I going to get the job if I need experience? Well, that's a bit of a myth. So the reality is, is that somebody, many somebody's got that job with some experience. So where did they get the experience? So instead of trying out for this sales job where you need certain sales experience that you don't have, then go work in a retail environment, okay? Move somewhere into a sales role so that you can actually get some sales experience. So somewhere, somebody will hire you for a sales job where you don't need experience. Stop acting like it's this big mystery. Well, I can't pursue it. It becomes a massive excuse for people not to move forward. All right, so that leads yeah. to the third question. And this is the economic question. How much is it going to cost me? Once I've got the answers to those first two questions, what do I need to learn? What do I need to do? There's a financial cost here. There always is. It might be a financial cost in that you've got to volunteer your time. And so you may have to cut back your current hours to be able to do this. So it may cost you that way. It also may cost you or will cost you to get that certification or some education. Maybe in some cases you do have to have the four-year degree and a graduate. So we want to look at this and go, okay, now that we know what I need to learn and what I need to do, those are your requirements. So now we go, what's that going to cost me financially? That leads to the fourth question and maybe the most important question now that we've got the details to those three, and that is the expectation question. How long is this going to take? Once we have the answers to the first three questions, we're able to look at this and go, oh, well, based on my financial reality, this is going to take me four years, or this is going to take me six years, or oh, I thought I could do it in a year. It's probably going to be 18 months. And so what happens is the plan begins to take care of itself. And here's why those four questions are so wildly important. 
beyond the details which will allow you to come up with a plan that I just outlined. It also will take care of the fear of the unknown, the greatest fear we all face. The fear of the unknown is paralyzing because I don't know. And the more we stay in this vacuum of I don't know, we don't want to move. We don't want to even take a shuffle forward. But once we know how we can get there, it's not so scary. So education, what do we need to learn? Experience, what do we need to do? Yeah. Economic, what's the cost going to be? Yeah. And expectations, how long is this going to take? I love There's, this the way that's that how you come up with a plan. Yeah, that's great. I wish somebody had told me that. Whenever I, now, luckily, I did. I actually did find, and to close the loop on that, I did end up going and finding a sales job. And I said, okay, well, I can't do that. What's another sales job that's hiring people right out of college? And I ended up at the time selling Yellow Page ads is actually how I got started in my career. Obviously not a thing today, but that was invaluable, invaluable for me. I'm so grateful that I didn't actually get the opportunity. I actually ended up getting a pharmaceutical job 15 months after that I went and sold Yellow Page ads. So for our listening audience, I think this is going to be really valuable. A lot of small business owners listening to our podcast. And so networking is a big part of what they do. Mm -hmm. And you talk about the difference between networking and connecting, networking and connecting. And you kind of touched on this in your first book, The Proximity Principle, which obviously if people have not read that, that is a fantastic book. So can you just talk about what the difference is between networking and connecting and how we can make sure we do it the right way. So this is a slight twist here, but I'm teaching when I say this, but I like to tell people stop networking and start connecting. I think we've all been to the networking events before where everybody puts on that obnoxious sticker with our names on it. And it feels like we're at a professional dating game. It's like speed dating for professionals in that we're there and we're all trying to meet as many people as we possibly can to see how we can further our agenda. And it just feels gross to me. Now there's inevitably, whenever I say this, some people go, I love networking events. Well, great. I don't, and I'm an extrovert. What I like is a smaller group or one-on-one connections. I think that's where we go to the next level. So it's a posture difference. We've all been at these network events where we meet somebody And I'll never forget the first time I went to one of these when I was starting to move into broadcasting. I'd been at networking events before. This is the first time I'd been one for in the broadcasting industry. And I was brand new, didn't know anything and didn't know anybody. And I walked into one of these events. The guy comes up to me and he's so excited that I'm on this planet. I felt great. I went from a little uneasy. You know, I meet people well and I'm okay, but I was uneasy about it. All of a sudden, I felt great about myself. This guy is so excited that I'm there. And I mean, the first 30 seconds, I felt like the most important person in the world. And then it began. As he began to ask me some questions to feel me out, that's what he was really doing. What does this guy have? What does this Ken guy have that might be able to help me? So as he's asking questions, we go from 30 seconds to about 60 to 90 seconds. And that 60 to 90 second range is when his eyes begin to dart over my left shoulder and my right shoulder as he looked for the next victim. He had already (laughs) sucked everything out of me that he needed. And it was like a vampire and he was going to leave me on the floor in a heap. And when that guy realized that I couldn't do anything for him, he dropped me so hard, I bounced. And we've all been there before. And that's the vampire. That's the relationship vampire. They're only in it for themselves, right? Versus a connector is going to go in and go, you know what? I want to show value to the people that I'm connecting with by asking them questions that will help me learn. I'm going to have a posture of learning. 
a posture of gratitude. And then even when you're asking questions that yield answers that do benefit you, the other person feels tremendous value because you are acting as though they are valuable because they are. I mean, you're there to go, hey, I really respect you. What's working for you? And you learn by gleaning from them. That's the art of connection. You're not asking them to do anything for you. You're asking them for knowledge and wisdom. The difference between knowledge and wisdom, knowledge is I want to get some facts on an opinion on something specific. And wisdom is I'm thinking about this or I'm thinking about this. What are your thoughts on some choices that I could be making or will make? There's a little bit of difference there. You know, one, I want some facts. The other, I want your opinion. And so the idea there is that someone always feels valuable when you say, hey, I'd love to get your two cents on it. And I'm asking questions. I'm writing answers down. I'm super grateful. There's a lot of humility there. That's the art of connecting. And then even in smaller groups, hey, get a couple, six, seven, eight people together in this area and see how we can help each other. And it's not a networking event. It's a, hey, we're all on similar journeys or we're on different journeys, but we're going to be here tonight, today, around this coffee table or at this coffee shop to pour into each other, to spur one another along. That is going to yield so much more because that's Mm -hmm. relationship-based, not Mm results-based. See, the vampire guy, it's all about results. The connector Mm -hmm. is all about relationships, knowing the results are going to take care of themselves. I had never heard of knowledge and wisdom. And when you said knowledge are the facts and wisdom is the opinion, I'd never heard it put that way. And I think that that's so true. And I love how you said, I was just thinking back the other day, I was in a it was in a meeting and there was a networking event going on. In fact, the person, it was probably 50 people in the room. I was not part of that. I was off to the side. And so I was able to kind of watch that happen. And you could hear some of the conversations and they were so shallow. And then they would meet or network for two or three minutes and then go to the next person. And it was like, they're not getting anything. They're not actually connecting. And I was, as you were talking, I was thinking back to that. And there was one person in particular that I could see that was just bouncing from one person to the next. And they were really acting as like a relational vampire. Okay. So I have, as America's career coach, I have a question that I really wanted to ask you today. Okay. So for employers right now, What are the things that you would recommend to employers, small business owners to be doing to make sure that they are positioning themselves in the best possible light to be able to attract the best talent that they can find? Whether they're able to, you know, some companies are able to afford really high paying jobs, but I mean, somebody who is a small business owner has a small team, less than say 20 people in their company. They can't pay these exorbitant salaries. What are the things that they can do to make sure that they are attracting, not just through their ad post, but actually through the interview process, positioning their company in the best light to be able to get the best talent that they can find? Yeah, I love this question. And it seems so hard for owners and it's not. So let me break it down. Let's go back to the first part of our conversation that get clear. You as a leader need to do this little exercise. Um, You could get our assessment. And you could have potential employees fill it out. Once you've decided what's the sweet spot for this position, I got 20 employees. I got, let's call it 19 positions plus me, right? And so each position I want to go, what's the non-negotiable talent that this person's got to have to win in this role? What's the work that they're going to spend probably 70 to 80% of their day on that they've got to love? They got to love this kind of work. And then what are the results that this position creates? 
So I got to know, huh, I got to have a person who really is driven by efficiency if I'm hiring somebody who's going to be my admin assistant. <laughs> they got to love detailed work or else it's not going to work. So let's start there. Here's why. That allows us to hire the right people who naturally go, I love this kind. This is a great role for me. How about we start there? The reality that most people aren't doing work that they really enjoy. And so if I can match up the position with the person and there's enjoyment here, and that's going to allow this person to win and stay with me. Let's start there. The fact that they're going to be excited to come into work because they're in their sweet spot. All right. Mm. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is now that you have that, you know what the sweet spot is there. You've got that description. How about we create a narrative for that? There's a fabulous old baseball movie. I'm dating myself again, but it's called Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones. Beautiful, beautiful story. Yep. And it's kind of this fantastical story where he hears this voice and it says, if you build it, they will come, you know, and it's like this crazy idea that he's going to chop down half of his cornfield and put a baseball diamond in and all these old ghosts of baseball greats are going to come back and play a game of pickup baseball in his cornfield. If you build it, they will come. And that's the whole idea. And some of you are going, where are you going, Coleman? Is your medication wearing off? No, here's the deal. <laughs> this is the idea that if you share the narrative, the right people are going to show up because you're attracting them. So when you write these job descriptions, and you put it out there. It needs to be based on the breakdown that I gave you folks, talent, passion, mission. You write a job description. We're looking for people that are talented at this, this, and this. We're looking for people that love this work and that walk home or drive home. Nobody walks home anymore. You drive home hmm. and your heart is full at the end of the day because of these results. Do you see the narrative that we're creating in the yeah. job description instead of just blah, 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 blah. And in the interview process, we're also speaking to this work that matters. It's not going to matter to everybody. But the right people, they're going to light up. You're going to watch their eyes light up. Okay. Now, the mm. third piece, excuse me, third piece, you have got to show people that beyond the job itself, sweet spot, you're in your sweet spot. You're going to really enjoy this work and have tremendous value. We got to show them a ladder professionally mm. and financially. So, if that's giving them great benefits like Smart Dollar from Ramsey Solutions, where you help them get their finances in order. So now they're not just, doing something they love, but they're managing their money better than they have before. That's just one benefit. If it's investing a little bit into them each year, I know these are small businesses in this example, but what can you do to invest in them a little bit? Pay for some additional training. How can you show them that if you come to work here, you're not just going to be in your sweet spot, but I'm going to pour into you and develop you. And we want to see you grow financially and professionally. Show them what a ladder looks like. People want to know that there's an opportunity for progress. One of the things we're seeing right now, we saw in 2021, we're seeing even mega companies like McDonald's that are starting to say, hey, we'll pay for your education if you come flip burgers here. Now, I know in the small business example, you can't do that. But what I am saying is that right there, that is the McDonald's is starting to figure it out. They're using it as a carrot to hire people who don't want to come in there and work that job. But if you get the right person who's hungry and goes, wait a second, I'll go in there and flip burgers and mop the floors and be greasy and slide all over the place like a hockey player for the opportunity to further my life. Now, that's a ladder. That's an example of a ladder. So you and your own business have to say, okay, what can I do beyond the job, beyond the paycheck that keeps people and those people are going to recruit other people like them 
and I'm going to build myself an incredible team of people. But that's how you do it right now. Oh, man, that's such a good answer. You know, it made me think about, as you were talking, that a lot of business owners, founders, they're really good salespeople. They just are like rainmakers. And so they're good in sales, they're good in business development, they're good in client service. And the reason I say that is because oftentimes, don't you think that they can actually sell someone coming to work at their company when reality is it may be the right person, but it's not really the right fit for them, right? It's not a fit to the right role because they haven't actually clearly defined it. And so they end up kind of selling them on this coming and joining but it's not exactly the right fit for that person. It's not the intersection, as you said, of the sweet spot, the talent, the passion, and the mission, the results of that specific position. So the person thinks that they're coming in to a job, a career that's right for them, only to find out, wait a minute, this is not clearly defined. and This is not actually my best fit. That's exactly right. It's the game changer. It's how you build a great team. You know, it's like, I love how you set it up. I got 20 employees. How do I compete against the bigger company across town? How do I keep myself immune to getting my customers gobbled up by maybe a major company like Walmart or Amazon or whatever. I'm going to tell you how. You got the right team, people in, in each position. You got somebody that really is in that sweet spot where they are using their talent, what they do best to perform their passion, work they love, to accomplish results that matter deeply within mission. Let me tell you something. Your retention is going to go up. They're going to stay with you longer. They're going to, again, recruit other people in because they're going, this place is just a wonderful place to be. They're walking in and they're winning. Even in the bad days with crap going on in their personal life, they're winning at the office. I mean, it's a game changer. And here's the other thing that you'll see that spill over, okay, into the interaction with customers, the interaction with Hmm. vendors, and you just be a special place. And it'll be that shining city on a hill, you know, that beautiful image that the pilgrims gave us, the Puritans gave us in those early days. And Ronald Reagan kind of borrowed it in the 80s. If you want to be the shining city on a hill for your customer, it's about the people you have. Everybody must shine. Well, my last question for you, I'm so grateful for your time and coming on and just being so being a person of value, right? I mean, you just give so much of your time. And so again, congratulations on the book. So my last question is somebody goes through this and they say, okay, all right, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to figure out, I'm going to get clear. I know what my talent is, the passion, mission, and it can be sometimes seem so easy, but the reality is it's just not that way. There's obstacles, there's villains that we face. And you lay out really three specific villains that everybody faces for us to be able to live out what we are created to do. Why don't you share with us those three things? Yeah, thanks for setting this up because I want to tell you something right now. No matter if you're in your dream job, you're giving yourself away, stage six and stage seven, those are those final of the seven stages. You're going to be in those concurrently. But I'm going to tell you something. These enemies never disappear. You can overcome them, but they never, ever go away. And it's fear, doubt, and pride. Some of you are going, uh, fear and doubt, those are separate. Absolutely. But I will tell you something, they're nasty cousins. They love to hang out one on one shoulder and one on the other, and they love to just mess with us, right? So fear, some of the big fears. I touched on one earlier in our conversation, the fear of the unknown. It's like, I don't know if you've ever been in a really dark cave. It's terrifying. Tell you one else that really freaks me out is dense fog or crazy, crazy thick fog or rain where you're driving and all of a sudden you can't see more than two, maybe three feet out your windshield. Let me tell you what's happening. We are shutting that car. We are slowing down. We are pulling off the side of the road. Why? 
because it is horrifying. We can't see in front of us. That's the fear of the unknown that I touched on. Another fear, fear of failure. Oh my gosh, the sting of failure. Everybody is just gripped by that. And here's another one we don't talk about a lot, and that's fear of peers. All right. That's the idea of what others are going to say. That's family and friends. What are they going to say? Are they going to think I'm crazy? And then I'll throw out another one real quick, fear of rejection. You know, mm. somebody just saying, no, we didn't even get the chance to fail. They didn't like me. You know what I mean? It hurts, right? All the way to when we were in elementary school back in the 80s. You know, we do these little sheets of paper. We go, do you like me? And we do two boxes, yes or no. And we'd slide that piece of paper over to the little girl. And I was just yeah. a bundle of nerves waiting for the answer, right? What was I so worried about? Rejection. What if she yeah. doesn't like me? She checks the no box. Ah! I mean, it's just a big deal. It never leaves us, right? Doubt. So doubt is another one. And that's the yeah. other enemy. And doubt is a little bit different voice. I doubt that I have enough time. I doubt that I have enough money. I doubt that I actually have the talent to pull it off. Do you understand what I'm saying? So yeah. those are the big voices of doubt. And then finally, pride. Pride manifests itself in two ways. Number one, what will other people think? What are they going to say? All right. And the other thing is I don't ask for help. So there's the deal. So bottom line is those are the voices, fear, doubt, and pride. They like to gang up on us. Damn. That's awesome. Ken, where do you want to point people to? You've mentioned about the assessment. I want to make sure that we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put that on the email that we send out to our listening audience. Where do you want to point people to so they can pick up the book? Yeah. KenColeman.com is the easiest place to get there. You can go right to the store and you can get the book or the assessment because we've got great bundles for you where you can save money and get more stuff there. Of course, anywhere books are sold, you can grab from paycheck to purpose there as well. Awesome. Ken, thanks so much. Hope to have you back on in the future. Thanks, man. I enjoyed it. And what a great conversation with Ken. You know, I always try to share one, two, or three things that are a big takeaway from me from each one of the episodes. And I would say from this one, it was one, but it was pretty important. And that is to make sure that you get clear. Whether you have maybe one of your children that's beginning to enter the workforce, maybe you have some team members that you want to be able to give some advice to, or maybe you're obviously a business owner that's wanting to make sure that you position the career opportunities in your small business. When he talked about getting clear and knowing exactly what that sweet spot is for the positions, whether again, you're looking to make a career change yourself or obviously positioning for the most of you as small business owners, positioning your spots in your small business. Number one, you've got to have the talent. What's the talent that you're looking for for this position? Number two, the passion. How do they need to show up every single day? And then number three, the mission or the results. And so I think that that conversation we had around Get Clear, and if you go back and think about the very first question I asked him, and he started going through with talent, the soft skills and the hard skills, and then ultimately passion, what it is that you love, and then lastly, the results that you get. A lot of times we can really focus on, well, here are the specific results. This amount of premium, this is amount of widgets, this amount of whatever the things is that you're trying to get them to sell, right? But we don't necessarily think about the hard skills and the soft skills that we need that position to have. And then also, what are they going to be passionate about? They may not be, if you're an insurance agency owner, they may not be explicitly passionate about insurance. I mean, very few people, you know, if you grew up in a household where, you know, your father, grandfather were, was an insurance agency owner, maybe you've grew up that way. But a lot of people are just now coming into, I can't remember who I spoke to on the podcast, but they were talking about, I think it was Walter McCone with Career Plug. And he said, yeah, there's a lot of 
agency owners and small business owners that are looking into that raw and emerging talent. So they've never really been exposed to insurance or whatever industry that may be, but they've got the skill sets, right? They've got the kind of the raw talent to be able to be molded. And Ken gave a great analogy around clay and shaping that with pressure and with water. And I think that's exactly how we can think about the positions in our office. I mean, recruiting, processes, people, talent, culture development, all those are items that we've talked about on so many different podcasts with different guests that we've had on. But I love the how he went back when I asked him as a small business owner, how can you be attractive to better, higher quality candidate, even if you can't pay six-figure base salaries and can't pay for someone's education like McDonald's can. I mean, that's what, those are big corporations, but you can do something. And the most important thing for you to do is start out by getting clear the talent, the hard skills and soft skills that that position requires. Number two, the passion. Basically, what is it that they're doing that someone could fall in love with? And that a lot of times is just helping people. And then finally, the actual results that they're getting in the position. So make sure you go to KenColeman.com, check out his new book, share it with some of your team members, share it with somebody in your family. We appreciate having Ken on. Big shout out to our friends at DirectClicks, directclicksinc.com. See how they can help you to be able to have the online presence that you need to have, whether it's helping you with your SEO, your search engine optimization, or your paid ads with Google. Go to directclicksinc.com and see how they can make a difference in your small business. As always, this podcast brought to you by Club Capital. Make sure you go to club.capital. That's club.capital. Go in there and see exactly how Club Capital can help take you know your back office and make it really the strategic generator to move your business forward by giving you better analytics than you ever thought possible. Analytics like you know we talked about earlier that the big companies like McDonald's, they may be able to pay for somebody's education. You're not able to do that. But you know what? You can have the type of analytics and the financial statements so you can make better decisions in your business, just like the big boys. You want to be able to have that. You're not getting that now and not able to use your financials. Don't even know what that means to really use your financials to power, make better decisions in your business. Go to Club Capital. Make sure you take a few minutes and book a no obligation demo so you can actually see the power of what Club Capital can do to transform your business, help you grow your business, grow your leadership, and grow and develop your team. Hey, I'm so grateful for all of you. Thank you for tuning in again to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Would you share this with a friend? Leave us a review on Apple iTunes. It helps us to be able to get the word out. So grateful for your loyalty. And over the past couple of years, as we have grown and had some amazing guests on, and we hope that this is a value to you. I realize that you are busy. And so whether you're listening to me cutting grass or driving down the road or hitting golf balls in the range, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. And thank you for making 2021 such a special year for the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Until next week, lead well. <laughs>